you're listening to the Trinity Podcast. We are a multi-site church in the Chicago area whose mission is to help you look, live, and love more like Jesus. So I think I heard during the welcome that John said that I have about an hour uh, to talk about what we're thankful for. I think he meant the whole service. I think we've been in our entire worship time together, but allow me to say uh, good evening to you all and a happy Thanksgiving. We are going to be looking at that story that was just read a moment ago from Luke chapter 17, but I think it's only right that we take a moment to allow God to prepare our hearts and our minds to receive the message that he has for us. So would you please bow your heads together with me and let's pray together. Lord God, we do indeed give you thanks and praise. When we stop and we consider all the ways in which you bless us, how could we not? And yet oftentimes we miss it. And so this evening, as we take some time to meditate on this incredible gift you give us, your word, Lord, we ask that you would give us open hearts and minds to receive the message that you have for us. And Lord, I pray that the words of my lips and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing in your sight, O God, who is indeed our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. So it is a strange story when you really stop and think about it. In fact, this is one of the things that I think is often frustrating sometimes about the Bible. You read a story and and there are so many details that you wish you had answers for, and yet it doesn't give them. We look at this story where Jesus approached by a group of of 10 lepers, leprosy being this absolutely debilitating disease, even worse in ancient times, asking that they would be healed. And Jesus tells them, if you go and show yourself to the priests, you'll be healed. And as they're walking on their way before they even get there, it says that they're totally cleansed. This disease, which would have cut them off from community, which would have prevented them from working, which would have kept them out of polite religious society, this disease which quite literally would have isolated them in ancient times is now gone, wiped away. They're totally restored, and yet only one comes back to show thanks. Only one comes back to give gratitude. I think it's easy for us as modern people to read that story and be like, That's just terrible. How could they not? They just had this incredible miracle take place. How could they not come back and say thank you after all that God has done for them? And this is where the details frustrate us because we want to know what was going through their heads. But I think sometimes we forget how easy it is for us to be exactly like the nine. Because I think there's enough detail to begin to wrestle with and meditate on and reflect on what was it that got in the way of them coming back? I think the first is they lost sight of Jesus because of the blessings that they had. We read that when they were cleansed, they they went on their way praising. This idea that the blessing got in the way prevented them from actually seeing the one who gives the blessing. And I think, likewise, we tend to do the same thing. We get wrapped up in all the blessings that we have. Things are going well. We, 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 We delight in the fact that life is going well. 
But herein lies the danger. That when we make life about the blessings rather than the one who is the one who gives blessings, that when we make it about the gift rather than the gift giver, then suddenly we submit ourselves and tie ourselves to the changing winds of life itself. Reality is, is that there are some days that bring blessing. There are other days, many days, that don't. We live in a world where one day things can be going so well. The sun can be shining. It feels like all of the heavens have opened up and life is great and perfect. And the very next day, it's the exact opposite. We tie ourselves to the roller coaster of circumstances. And the problem becomes is that when it's all about the gifts rather than the gift giver, when it's all about the blessings rather than the one who provides them, suddenly we begin to think that whether we have blessings or not is what truly determines God's love and God's favor. That it's only when we have blessings that life is going well. And we lack absolutely the fortitude that we need or the perseverance that we require to get through the hard times because it's all based on external circumstances. We can get blinded by the blessings. I think that may have been what happened with some of the nine they got the blessings, so now they're able to move on their way. And they forget the gift giver. Or maybe, maybe the problem is over-familiarity. There's this really interesting detail in the story. Maybe you caught it. That at the end of the tale, when Luke writes about the one who came back to give thanks, he gives us this little aside. He says he was a Samaritan. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because in the ancient world, Jews and Samaritans were often at odds. There was a long history of ethnic and religious conflict between these two groups of people. And by calling this little detail out, I think Luke is trying to help us see something. He's saying this one, the one who gave thanks, was a Samaritan. But what's then the implication? Who were the other nine? Jesus' fellow Jews, people who had received the covenant promises of God, people who had the Old Testament scriptures, people who were actually waiting for the Messiah, people who were looking for God to fulfill all of his promises to them. And in many ways, I have to wonder if it was their over-familiarity with that God that kept them from actually giving him praise and thanks well, of course he's going to bless us because we're his chosen people. Of course he's going to give us what we need. That's just what we're owed. That's what we are due. But this Samaritan knows different. He doesn't allow over-familiarity to get in the way of the awesomeness of the gift, the beauty of what God has provided for him. He comes back to give thanks and praise. Over-familiarity, I think, can sometimes get in the way of us actually seeing the gift giver. Because we tend to think we're entitled to something. We tend to think that it's what we're owed. And the problem is, is whether it's that we get so focused on the blessing and rather than the one who gives it, or whether it's our over-familiarity with the God who graciously gives us all things, is it ends up moving us into a posture that I think fails to see the reality that we are given miracles and blessings all the time. 
we look back at this and we're just like, oh, what such an incredible miracle. Surely they should give thanks. But consider this. When you stop and actually think about what it is we have on a day-in and day-out basis, how could we not stand in awe? Nothing in this world is owed to us. Absolutely nothing. There's no guarantee that tomorrow the sun will rise. There's no guarantee that tomorrow there will be clean air for us to breathe, clothes on our backs, roofs over our heads. Every single one of these things, if you actually stop and think about it, none of us did anything to earn them. We're not owed them. And yet, God richly and provides us with everything that we need for this life. That actually, if you stop and you really think about it, who are we to earn or deserve anything? And yet, we wake up each day able to behold a sunrise, a miracle in itself, light burning in darkness, providing warmth and light. We wake up each day and we have roofs over our heads, clothes on our backs. We have friends and family and loved ones. We have jobs and food on our table. You see, sometimes I, I think we miss the fact that everything that we have is a miracle. Absolutely everything that we have is a gracious gift from God. But when we fixate so much on the blessings that we have or the blessings that we think that we're, we're, we deserve, suddenly we find ourselves not only in a place of missing the miraculous, but actually missing the entire gift of life that's given to us. I was recently talking with a, a friend and mentor of mine, and he says, one of the things that strikes me often is how many people operate with what he called a poverty mentality. I asked him what he meant by that. I said, what do you mean a poverty mentality? He says that poverty mentality is one which only sees what's missing in the midst of vast abundance. It only sees what's missing in the midst of vast abundance. He says, often we come into the holidays and Thanksgiving, we think of all the things that we don't have, all the things that we, we don't possess, and we become sullen and distracted and downcast. And he says, and yet, if you actually stop and think about it, we're surrounded by the incredible gifts and the miraculous things of God. When we start to think that way, we realize maybe, maybe we've been too hard on the nine. Maybe more often than not, we find ourselves in their company rather than with the one who returns. So what did the one who returns actually see and understand? He saw and he understood that he was, found himself in the presence of a God who owes him nothing and yet was graciously willing to give him everything. He saw that he was in the presence of, of the divine, of, of, of the holy God who went looking when us compared to him are absolutely nothing and yet graciously pours out exactly what's required in just the right way and at just the right time. And he couldn't help but fall on his knees and praise him. See, one of the things that I think is beautiful about Thanksgiving is it's an opportunity to actually step back and to behold the one who gives us all things.
One of the things that we see in Scripture is that we have a generous God. So generous, in fact, that Scripture puts it this way. It says that God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Can you think of anything more abundant than that? When I stop and consider that though I am owed absolutely nothing, and yet the God who spoke the heavens into being considers me and promises me life eternal, how can I not stand in awe? And suddenly the things that I lack seem so small in comparison to all that we've been given. Thanksgiving is a time to step back and take stock, not of the blessings, but of the one who gives them. Not of the gifts, but of the gift giver. Because when we do, it changes everything about how we live. Suddenly those momentary trials, or losses, or lacks, or shortcomings, when put up against the grandeur of eternity, begin to fade into the background. That even if our holidays are holidays where, yes, there is sorrow, an empty seat maybe that we wish was filled, a loved one who isn't there, when we put it against the backdrop of eternity, what we realize is that as, as painful as this is, it's but a moment in the hands of a God who's promised us eternity, who will carry us in all of life's circumstances. And suddenly Thanksgiving doesn't just become a day. It becomes a way of life. Because it's a moment that leads us to see in every one of our moments that we who have a God who in his grace and in his mercy continues to pour out. Not only everything that we need for this life, but also all that we require for life eternal. And it's because of that that he is truly worthy of all praise, honor, and glory. So this Thanksgiving, yes, show gratitude for the gifts. But ultimately, look to the gift giver. Because it's through him that we come to see not only the miraculous in our daily lives, but the hope and the promise of eternity that will carry us forward from now to life everlasting. Let's pray. Lord, Thanksgiving is indeed a holiday in which we take stock not merely of the gifts, but we take stock in you. In which we can fall on our knees and behold you for who you are, the God of incredible grace and generosity. Lord, too often we find ourselves fixating on the blessings that we have or the ones that we don't. And we miss the fact that you are always with us. That you never leave us or forsake us. That you provide us with exactly what we need in the right time. And that even in moments when it seems like blessings are few, we can step back and realize that you have already promised us, guaranteed us, given us the gift of eternity. Why? Because you came into this world. You walked with us, talked with us, 
shared our sorrows, healed us, and ultimately gave your life for us. More than that, you rose again from the dead in the promise that you are the first fruits of what is to come. And when we behold that, when we see that, how can we do anything less but give you thanks and praise? Help us to be thanksgiving people. Not just this week, but every single day of our lives. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Trinity Podcast. We hope this week's message encouraged you to consider the claims of Jesus in a new way, and we would love to have you join us for worship on the weekend. To find a location near you, visit www.tlc4u.org.